Hey, good afternoon. Glad to have you joining us again at Spring Street Baptist Church. As announced, we've got a, a very special guest or a bunch of very special guests with us this afternoon. The infamous Butcher family is going to be here with us. And Brother Jesse's going to be preaching for us here in just a few moments. But all the family's got their instruments and we're looking forward to a, a few minutes of some good singing and picking and grinning and all that good stuff. So they're going to be coming up here making their way to... Uh, minister to us in music. Thank you for being here this afternoon. Thank y'all for uh, tuning in and just looking forward to the Lord working and just pray that each of you are doing well. And uh, as we begin the service, let's take just a moment to go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we do thank you for your goodness. We thank you for this opportunity to be here. We thank you for the Butcher family. We thank you for the ministry you've called them to and their faithfulness. I thank you for the friends that you've given in them. They've been a great friend to me, a great friend of this church. And Lord, I just pray that you would continue to bless them and their ministry and bless their family. Father, I do pray for those who are watching this afternoon, Lord, knowing that each one has a burden, each one has a need. And Father, I pray that you would uh, meet each one as you see fit. And Lord, that you would minister to us through your word today. And for that, we'll give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey man, good to be here. Thank y'all for letting us come. We uh, we hate we couldn't be here last week for the revival. We hated that, and uh, we were in Danville this morning. And I told D, I said we, uh, I said we didn't get to be with them for revival. I said maybe maybe Nick would let us come and sing for you guys. Maybe I was surprised he even let us come. I'm just picking. So no, we're glad to be here. Listen, this song here, I love it. It's a new song we've learned, and the name of it is uh, I Know What Lies Ahead. Listen, for the Christians, we know what lies ahead. We may not know what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day or the next week, but we know for all of eternity what, what lies ahead, and I'm looking forward to that day. Amen. Ready? This road I'm on is straight and narrow, but it leads to a better home. It was laid by Christ one day at Calvary while he suffered all alone. This road may lead over many high mountains and valleys dark and low. But I walk each day with sweet assurance that I'll safely reach my home. Still I know what lies ahead While on this road I get so weary And often my feet would stray But a gentle hand still leads me onward Helps me find my way As I climb each hill and cross each valley By sand I'm daily led But I won't look back I'm gonna keep on going Cause I know Still I know what lies ahead. Oh, so often this road gets rough and rocky. Still I know what lies ahead. Amen. Amen. Boy, it uh, echoes in here without a bunch of people. Amen. My goodness. I know Brother Nick and Miss Kelly is uh, ready for you guys to get back. And uh, we are, we're ready to see you as well. And, uh, but listen, we... Uh, We've just got to stay focused, stay focused on being faithful to the Lord, and I'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a little bit, but uh, 
We're going to do this song for Brother Nick. We'll soon be done with troubles and trials. I love this. And, uh, oh, I know what she's saying. Can you get it done? <laughs> Ready, deal. It's on second. I got a, he, he's, he's checking me. He's going to keep me straight. song in a while. Uh, we're going to do I'm a soldier. And we are a soldier in God's army. And here's the, the most important thing about a soldier is that they follow instructions even in the midst of chaos. Yeah. And uh, you know we are uh, seemingly in the midst of chaos right now. But for soldiers of, of, the, of the cross, soldiers of Jesus Christ, uh, it's just our duty just to, to follow our instructions. And our instructions are to stay faithful. And that's what I want to be in my life as, as a Christian, as a husband, as a dad. I just want to be faithful. And I want, I want God to find me that way. And if he comes and takes us home uh, today or tomorrow or next week or ten, year, ten years from now, I just want to, uh, I want to be found faithful. I'm a soldier.
He's my Savior. Jesus smiles and loves me too. Made one cry. How about that? <laughs> Brother Nick, all right, if we do one more? Absolutely. Okay, we'll do one more. Let's, uh, let's see. Let's not do our number one here. Yeah, let's just do hallelujah, I'm ready. Did you get that there? Hallelujah, I'm ready for the Hallelujah, I'm ready. to see you guys and I'll be back in a few minutes I guess Amen, Amen. alright huh? <laughs> I guess we should have planned this out a little bit better <laughs> but, uh, anyways Brother Jesse will be back with us here in just a few minutes I'm going to take just a few minutes as well uh, we're tag teaming as uh, Brother Jesse called it. He said, we're going to tag team like Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan, and he was Andre the Giant. That's right. Uh, many times we've been likened to twins, the movie. And uh, he claims to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I'm Danny DeVito. And, uh, what do you, you think? Can see, you can see the resemblance yep. there. But uh, anyways. Get him, Danny. Amen. <laughs> Dude, love the Butcher family. Been a great, great blessing to me. And my wife over these past, I guess we've known them since we moved to Martinsville. It's been about five years now. And uh, just have absolutely been a blessing to me and to this church. And we're thankful for them. And uh, looking forward to hearing them preach here in just a few minutes. And I'm sure uh, just about everybody that sees this video uh, will know the Butcher family. If you don't, you need to get to know them. And we'll have their information 
um, on this post tag a little later so that if you don't know them you can uh, like them on facebook you can have them come to your church they got some good cds great music great music i tell you what if you'll send them a little love offer and i'm sure no, i'm just teasing about that but uh and all kidding aside they do have a, a wonderful cd i got a copy here just a few weeks ago i've been listening to it and uh still trying to get mine signed and i forgot to bring it today i know that things gonna be worth millions of dollars one day if i could get those autographs on it and uh, the last time i was talking lane said he'd sign it but it's gonna cost me how much per per signature 20 bucks <laughs> my goodness that's an investment though so that's good that's all right and all kidding aside uh we're looking at the bible uh, this evening in second timothy and chapter number one the apostle paul writing this young pastor and uh, this is something that I believe many of us have known over these past few weeks and months and uh, something that creeps into our life from time to time, and that is the subject of fear. And Timothy's writing, uh, excuse me, Paul's writing to young Timothy in chapter number one, beginning in verse number six, and I'll read three verses. The Bible says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Father, again, we thank you for your goodness, and I pray now that you would just give me the words, Lord, that might be an encouragement to your people. And we'll thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, Paul writes, God hath not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, you might ask the question this evening, what is fear? What exactly is fear? If you were to look that up, you might find it defined in, in such a way. Uh, fear is a painful emotion or passion excited by an expectation of evil or the apprehension of impending danger. Oftentimes, we think something evil might occur or we find something that uh, could be dangerous in our future or in our path. Uh, it will incite of the emotion of fear. It will cause us to become quite anxious. It might cause us to even get physically sick. But we see according to the word of God that fear is not something that God has given unto us. And so if God didn't give it to us, where exactly did fear come from? If you were to look over in the book of Genesis in chapter number three, uh, you would find the first mention of fear, the actual word we find there is afraid, and the Bible speaks in chapter number three. We'll begin reading here in just a moment, verse number eight, but uh, to fill you in what's taken place up to now, God has created the heaven and the earth. He's put everything in the earth. He's created Adam. He's created Eve. He's looked to Adam and said, uh, of all the trees of the garden, thou shalt surely eat. Except for that one tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And God told Adam, give him a very specific command, a very specific instruction, said Adam, the very day that you eat of that particular tree, thou shalt surely die. Adam knew this to be true, and yet he would indeed eat of that fruit, and you would see that uh, the serpent would come in, Satan would come into the garden in the form of a serpent, and he would tempt Eve. He would, uh, he would tempt her according to the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Eve, look at that tree. Look at the fruit that's on that tree and how beautiful it is. I'm, I'm sure that that fruit is wonderful. I'm sure that if you were to eat of it, you would uh, find great pleasure. But not only would you find pleasure in that, Eve, but God knows that the day that you eat of that particular fruit, your eyes are going to be open. You are going to be able to see as God sees. You're going to have the wisdom that only God has. And that would be something that would tempt many of us. You're telling me that I could be like God. You're telling me I could be omniscient and omnipresent. You're telling me I could be omnipotent. I could have all power and all knowledge. I could be in all places at one time. Surely this is something that might be desired of any man. And so Eve would indeed eat of that fruit. She would go to Adam and say, Adam, look at uh, what I've done. Adam, I think you ought to do the same thing. And so Adam would indeed do the same thing. And, and the Bible says that both of their eyes were open. And in Genesis chapter number 3 and verse number 8, the Bible says this, They heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, 
and I hid myself. Adam and Eve knew that God was in their presence and so they would go and take fig leaves and try to make a cover that they might cover themselves of their nakedness. Now why is it to this point that they knew not that, that they were naked? Because they were the only two people on earth. God had given them all the knowledge, all the wisdom in which they needed in order to survive there in the garden. And there was not any time that they would look at each other and, and point fingers and say, uh, Adam wouldn't look to Eve and say, Eve, you're not wearing any clothes. Or Eve wouldn't look to Adam and say, Adam, you might want to put something on. You might want to cover your body. That was not something uh, that they were ashamed of. It was not something that enticed fear. And yet, once their eyes were opened, sin had entered into the world. They found that they were naked and they were afraid to be in the presence of God. And where many of us so desire that we might be in his presence, that we might run to him, they were running away. Right. And Adam went and hid himself, and, and God came and, and cried out, Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? Adam would finally say, I'm over here, but God, I must hide. I'm not in a place that I might be able to present myself unto you. Why exactly is that, Adam? Because I'm naked. I, I have no coverings. I'm not clothed the way in which I ought to be. God says, how is it that you know that you're naked? How is it that you know that your body isn't covered? Have you done that thing that I commanded you not to do? And we see that Adam's sin is what ushered fear into the world. And so again, we look back to 2 Timothy and we're reminded according to the Apostle Paul, he who I believe to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest preachers this world has ever known outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul looked to young Timothy, that young pastor, that man that, that he's trying to invest in, that man that he's trying to encourage, that man that he's trying to build up. Surely Timothy would have a great ministry before him. And so Paul has written two letters to this young man trying to be a help to him and says, Timothy, God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Now, if you continue to read throughout this epistle, you will find that Paul's going to give Timothy some knowledge of things that will come. He's going to make Timothy realize that in the last days perilous times shall come. And I'm sure that Timothy knew some of those perilous times. But Paul is telling him and encouraging him throughout the book or throughout this particular letter, God hath not given us the spirit of fear. And so Timothy, fear not. We find that terminology, fear not, or have no fear, 365 times in the Bible. 365 times. Now, how many days are there in a year? Yes, 365, except on leap year, but we're not going to count that particular day. I'm, I'm sure if we looked hard enough, we could find something. But they have said that, or it has been said, that God has put fear not in the Bible at least one time for every day of the year. So every day you could wake up and claim a new verse in which God has offered unto you fear not. And because of that, I'm going to face this day without fear. I'm going to go out in the strength of the Lord. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to suit up. I'm going to get prepared. I'm going to spend time in the Word of God. I'm going to spend time in the presence of God. And I'm going to go without fear and face the day that stands before me. God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Look at Isaiah chapter number 41. In verse number 10, and you've heard this verse, you've read this verse, you may very likely know this verse. But the Bible says in chapter 41 and verse number 10 of the book of Isaiah, Fear thou not, that's one of those 365. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yeah, I will help thee, yeah, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Now that's a beautiful promise. Yes, now we know that this was given to Isaiah. And we know that this was for the Jewish people. But the Bible is still directed unto us. And we can take that and we can claim that verse even this evening. Fear thou not. Why? For I am with thee. If I'm one of his, then the Bible makes it very clear, even according to the New Testament, that if I am one of his, he is with me. The Bible says that once I've accepted Jesus Christ to be my Savior, he has made his abode. He has made his home within my heart. For I am now the temple of Almighty God. The Holy Spirit of God has come and taken residence in me. And so I can surely say tonight that I will not have any fear for, I, for he is with me. Again, the Bible says, fear thou not for I am with thee. Be not dismayed for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yeah, I will help thee. Yeah, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Now God's getting quite personal here. He's not only saying I'm going to 
help the entirety of the church. He's not saying I'm only here for a specific group of people. He gets very personal. I am with thee and with thee individually. Be not dismayed. I am thy God. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Psalm chapter number 34. I've been reading quite a bit through the Psalms as of late. And David is writing in Psalm chapter number 34 and verse number 4 and says this, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fear. So when that fear begins to come upon us, when we find ourselves afraid, when we find that the devil has come and, and given us that emotion, enticed that, that emotion, then what ought we to do? We ought to do exactly what David has done here in the book of Psalms. We ought to seek after God. David again says, I sought the Lord and he heard me. Isn't it good tonight to know that God hears our prayers? Isn't it good to know that at any moment, at any time throughout the day, I don't have to find myself at a tabernacle. I don't have to step foot into a temple. I don't have to bring a sacrifice. There is but one sacrifice that has been offered. It is a perfect sacrifice. There is no need for any other sacrifice. I don't have to bring a pigeon, a turtle dove. I don't have to bring a bull, an ox, or any of the rest. I don't even have to find myself in the midst of a priest. I can stop right where I am and seek after God, and he will hear my prayer. I sought the Lord, and he heard me. And the Bible says he delivered me from all my fear. So what do we do when we find ourselves in the midst of fear? We stop, we take time, and we ask God that, that he would deliver us. We ask God that he would be a help to us, that he would encourage us, that he would take that fear away from us and, and impart or impute unto us a, 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 a feeling of peace, a feeling of knowing that he is there with us and that he can take away all of those things that bring fear unto us. We continue to read and we'll notice that God has offered a threefold gift to each and every one of us. God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but notice what Paul goes on to write. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, if you were to look up that word power, you would find that uh, throughout the New Testament Scripture, it has been translated in different ways. You would find power would uh, also be transcribed as virtues when it comes to the Lord Jesus Christ. Oftentimes, uh, the Bible says that he would feel that virtue that would leave his body, the, the virtues, the miracles that he were to perform, the, the many works in which we read of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. All of these are those same is that same word. And so again, when the Bible speaks here of that power that is given unto us, it is a power that we might be able to overcome any fear that presents itself unto us. Acts chapter number 1, and we read here of the, of the beginning, the establishment of the church. And we know that it is here that the Lord Jesus Christ is uh, going to ascend back into glory. And the Bible says in verse number 8, The Lord Jesus looking to his disciples, and he says this, Ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the othermost part of the earth. Where does that power come from? That power comes from none other than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through the person of the Holy Spirit of God. He says that you're going to receive power. The Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. Now we continue to read the book of Acts and we find there at the day of Pentecost that the Spirit of God indeed would come and they would begin to speak with cloven tongues of fire and all the rest. We read of the many powers that the disciples would uh, show, that, that they would administer throughout the book of Acts and throughout the New Testament Scripture. We read of the miracles not only of the Lord Jesus Christ, but you look at Peter and John and the other apostles, the other disciples, they're going and they're causing the lame to walk again and the blind to be able to see again. God had given them power. Now, that's not the power that's been given unto us today. I'm not uh, one that can make one to walk again, but I know who, one who can. I have the Spirit of God that lives within me, and I can go to Him on another's behalf. It could be that there's someone in our life that, that needs to know a miracle of God. There, it could be that there's someone in our life that needs that touch from above. Now, I can't come and put my hands on anyone and heal them, but I can take time to get away and get alone with God and cry out to Him knowing that He's going to hear my prayer, wipe away any fear in my life, and that He can work that he can move, that he can do what only he can do. Not only are we given that gift of power, but Paul says of uh, love, 
Now that word love, we know it can be trans translated different ways throughout the New Testament Scripture. The particular love spoken of here is that agapeo love. That's the same love that we read of over in John in chapter number 3 and verse number 16 where the Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That love is the love that we know God has for each and every one of us. That is the love that Jesus Christ has for us when He would give Himself there upon the cross. No greater love hath any man than this. That is the love that has been given to you and I. Jesus Christ had a lawyer come. The lawyer would look to the Lord Jesus and try to trip him up. All right, you claim to be the Son of God, okay. You claim that you are the Messiah. You are the one in which we've been waiting for. You claim that you are God in the flesh. Well, let me ask you this one question. What is the great commandment? The Lord Jesus Christ did not hesitate. You are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your body, all your mind, with, all your, with everything that you are. You are to love the Lord thy God. But Jesus didn't stop there, and I love that. Jesus said the second is like unto it. Yes, sir. You are to love your neighbor as yourself. I like the sign here at our church. It was here well before I got here. But it says a friendly church where you are welcome. This is a church that loves people. I want to be a part of a church. I want to be a part of a, a body of believers, a group that loves people. Amen. Not only, not only uh, other Christians. Now, I love Brother Jesse Butcher. I love my wife. I love my children. I love each and every member of this church. But that's not what the Lord Jesus is telling us. He's telling us not only to love our brethren, but we are to love our neighbor. Who is our neighbor? You look, to the, uh, you look at the story of the Good Samaritan. You find that it's not only the ones who seem to be lovable, but it's even those that oftentimes are unlovable. Yeah. The Bible's telling us that we're not only to love those who seem to be lovable, but we're supposed to love those who are down in the gutter. Amen. We are to love those who seem to be absolutely unlovable, even the people who don't want to be loved, and yet we are to love them. Why? Because that's the power that God's given unto us. That's what God's... He has not given us the spirit of fear. He has given us the spirit of power. He has given us the spirit of love. And finally, the Bible says that God has given us that spirit of a sound mind. Now, that sound mind literally speaks of self-control. It means to be sober-minded. Look over in the book of 1 Peter, in chapter number 5 and verse number 8. And again, I love the Apostle Paul, but I really... There's, there's a special place in my heart for Peter. Peter was a, a fisherman. I believe Peter to be a, a quite rugged man. But Peter was the one that promised or looked to the Lord Jesus Christ and said, I'd die for you. I would follow you even unto the cross. I would follow you to the grave. I would give it all that I might follow after you. And what did the Lord Jesus say? Before the cock crows twice, you will have denied me thrice. Three times even this night, Peter, you would deny me. And we know as we continue to read uh, the Gospel of John or we read throughout the Gospels, we know that that very thing would happen. And yet, when we find ourselves at the end of the Gospel of John, the Lord Jesus Christ would take Peter off to the side. Peter, lovest thou me? Peter, I, I know you. We, we look at that phileo love that uh, one of the other translations we find throughout the Scripture for love. Peter, I know you love me as a friend. Peter, I know that, that you love me even as a brother. I know that there's that, uh, that sense of connection. I know that we've got a relationship. Peter, what I need to know is do you truly love me? Do you agapeo love me? Do you love me even as God so loved the world? And I do believe as we continue to read throughout the Scripture, we find that Peter indeed did love the Lord Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, tradition tells us that uh, they went to crucify Peter. Peter said, I would not die as my Lord died. And so they would crucify him upside down according to his request. Now, I do not know whether that to be true or not. That is a tradition. But I do believe that teaches or tells us a lot about this good man, this, this great man who would write two epistles here in our scriptures this evening. In 1 Peter chapter number 5 and verse number 8, the Bible says this, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, we read that scripture, and that might cause a little fear in our life. You think that when I walk outside of this church this afternoon, you're, you're trying to tell me, Peter, that there is a roaring lion. There is a, a, a beast that could take my life. There with those sharp teeth and those sharp claws and all the rest, you're going to tell me that Satan as a roaring lion seeks that he might devour me. Surely that's going to cause fear in my life. 
That's going to cause anxiety. That's going to cause uh, that, that sickness, that restlessness. That, that, that could even lead to a premature death. And yet again, Paul says, God has not given us the spirit of fear. And so Peter encourages the reader here and says, be sober. Be of a sound mind. Take that spirit in which God has imputed unto you, that, that sound-mindedness, that, that self-control, that, that sober mind. Take that and use that that you might be able to withstand against, to fight against, to flee from that adversary. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. There's no need for us to fear this evening. We look all around us, and it seems that everything is just out of control. There seems to be chaos all around the world. Nobody knows when we're going to be back in church. I hope it's very soon. I, I do truly look forward to having our people back here at Spring Street Baptist Church. Nobody knows what even tomorrow holds. We know that life is but a vapor. But the Bible is very clear that if you are a Christian tonight, there's no need to fear. What's the worst thing? I mean, if you were to sit back and think about this thing, what's the absolutely worst thing that could happen to any of us? Now, naturally, we might say death. Now, I believe there are some things that would be far worse than death. I believe suffering to be far worse than death. Death is but a moment when you're in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. You read about some of the martyrs. You read about those who gave their life centuries ago. And there they were, burning at the stake. There they were, sometimes being crucified. Sometimes they would be quartered. And yet all the time they're not fearing, they're not, they're not uh, discouraged, they're crying out praises unto God, singing, uh, singing hymns and singing songs, giving glory unto Him. No need to fear. We know that this life will eventually come to an end. And all these things that we fear now, all these things that cause us so much trouble now, these will be over. There's coming a day that as children of God, as, as those who have been born again as believers, we know that there's coming a day that we're going to be in the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And to me, that wipes away any fear that might come upon me, Brother Jesse. And I'm thankful for that. Father, we thank you again for your goodness. Lord, I pray now that you would be with Brother Jesse as he comes to preach for us. And Father, I thank you that there's no need in which we, fear, we ought to fear. Lord, I'm thankful that you've given us everything that we need that we might be able to overcome that emotion, that we might be able to live lives that bring glory unto you. And Father, I pray if there's one watching this afternoon that has never trusted Christ to be their Savior, you'd speak to that heart individually. Father, we love you. Thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Psalm 71 this evening. Psalm chapter 71. Well, I talked to uh, Brother Nick the other day. I was, we were talking about. He told me he said, he said y'all come and sing, and he said I'll let you preach. I said, well, I don't want to take away from you preaching. I know he doesn't. He's not getting to preach as much as he uh, has been in the past. I said I don't want to take away from you. I said why don't we tag team? I said and I, what he just uh, said earlier. I said I said we could be like Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan, and I'll be Andre. Amen. And uh, see, I grew up up during that time period. I mean. It was Andre the Giant, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. Woo! Remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. You had to take your vitamins. Say your prayers and take your vitamins, right? And uh, let's see. Who else? Ricky the uh, 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 Dragon Steamboat. Remember him? I mean, just all kinds of. But, but here was the cool part about wrestling. I know it was fake. I get all that. But during, if they had a tag team match, somebody was, was uh, one of the guys, they'd, they'd be getting beat up and all these, all these things. And at some point, they'd reach out. You remember this, brother? They'd reach out and they and they tag, they tag, tag hands, and all it was everything changed then. And see, that's what happens when we got friends in our life. Listen, God's given us some great friends in Spring Street Baptist Church. And listen, when you're down, uh, hopefully we can be an encouragement to you. When we're down, you you guys have been a huge encouragement to us through the years. And uh, so we sure do love you and appreciate you. And uh, our trips uh, this summer have been have been cut short. I don't know when we'll. Head out. We were supposed to leave next week for uh, for Texas, but that's not happening. So I don't know when we'll uh, head out. We we may be here the whole summer. I don't know, but I know this: God knows where we need to be, and that's all that matters. So Psalm seventy one one. Look with me there. It says David's writing here: In Thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time. Lord, thank you for Spring Street Baptist Church and the blessing they are to our family. 
God, I pray that we can be a small blessing to them. Thank you for uh, bringing all these folks into our life. And God, I thank you for, uh, for uh, Brother Nick and Miss Kelly, what, what dear, sweet, uh, precious friends we have in them. And Lord, thank you most of all for Jesus. Lord, encourage us in your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I, I love how Brother Nick preached on fear. And uh, I'm going to preach on confusion. I'm going to preach on this thought for just a few minutes. Calm in the midst of confusion. You know, so many people are confused today. Things are going going haywire. They're going crazy. And uh, uh, we're unsure of what will happen and how things are going to change the future, change the, the, the look of the church. But I told the church this morning in Danville, uh, we, we did a drive-in service. I said, listen, it's our responsibility just to be faithful to God. That's, that's our responsibility. I was driving down the road the other day and I was praying praying to the Lord and I was thinking about things and thinking about our schedule and things getting canceled and and, and I had to stop and I said God I said that uh, the, the worry and the anxiety and the fear that, that Brother Nick just talked about, those things are not in my department, okay? My department's not the fear and worry and anxiety department. My department is to be faithful to God and your department is to be faithful to the Lord. That's our department and let's just uh, allow allow God to take care of the rest of those things. Uh, but it is a confusing time for so many. But listen, for the for the Christian, it does not have to be. It doesn't have to be a confusing time. Thank you, honey. My wife had it. I wasn't talking to anybody else but my wife. I called my wife honey. Amen. But for the Christian, it doesn't have to be a confusing time. We can have calm in the midst of confusion. Look what David says here in verse number 1. Let's read that again. In thee, O Lord, do I put my Trust. Right here is a great recipe for success for the Christian if we'll just trust God. We'll just put our trust in everything that we have in God Himself. That's what we need to do. The rest of it says, let me never be put to confusion. I don't want to be a confused Christian. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I don't want to be double-minded. I want to be single-minded, and I want that mind to be a mind of Christ. Because when we have the mind of Christ, we don't have to live in a state of confusion. For the Christian, we can have calm in the midst of confusion. I read the, I was reading this, uh, Brother Nick was talking about reading through the Psalms, and I'm doing the very same thing just in my daily Bible reading time. I'm reading through Psalms. And the other day, I came up, I, came up, uh, I read this, uh, this Psalm right here, and it said, and when I read it, it just like it stuck out to me, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust? Let me never be put to confusion. So how do we have calm in the midst of confusion? How do we do that? If David's saying, uh, I don't want to be put in confusion. I don't want to be a confused person. There, there must be a way to do that. And he gives us that in the very, uh, the very uh, top of that verse. But his son also gives us uh, the recipe to not be in confusion. And that's found in, in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. He says this, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Listen, if we're going to live in a state of confusion, the way this world's in confusion, but we're going to have calm in the midst of that, then we're going to have to do what this says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not with just part of your heart. Not with just a little bit of your heart. Not, not even with 98% of your heart. But with all of your heart. 100% we must do that. Solomon knew how to do it. David knew how to do it. And, and I'll think about this. I wonder if Solomon learned how to, how to not be confused, how to, how to put his trust in the Lord from his dad. Think about that. You know, I want my boys. My boys are sitting right here. They're trying to stay awake in the midst of my, of my preaching right now. But I wonder when they get older and they have kids, will they say, Dad taught me, my mom taught us how to trust in God. And even in the midst of, of confusing times of our life, we still put our trust in God. Boy, I hope they can say that in years to come. Solomon might just have learned that from his dad, David. This was written by a dad in, in, in Psalms and a son in Proverbs. Think about that. That word trust means having confidence in someone. I hope my boys and my wife can have a little bit of confidence in me. But I'm telling you right now, I, I've let them down and in the future I'll probably let them down some more. But God will never let us down. That's the person. That's the one that we can always put our trust and our confidence in. Don't put your trust and confidence in your own understanding. Because I promise you what will happen when we put our confidence in, in our own understanding. 
When things come our way and confusing times come, we're going we're to stray if we're not careful. But if you'll just put your confidence and your trust in God. I wrote this down. When times are confusing, don't stray from whom our confidence is in. It's always profitable to trust in God. Verse 6 says this, In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. If there's anything I want my boys to realize, and if there's anything I want you to realize today, is that we should acknowledge God in every decision of our life. Everything we do, we should acknowledge God in that. And when we do, it says this, And He shall direct thy path. God's path is always right, and God's path is always best even in the midst of confusing times. So as Christians, let's trust God. Let's not, listen, when confusing times come, let's not get off on our own understanding and try to figure things out. Let's stick to what we know. And this is what we know. We know God's Word is true. We know we we can stand on it. We know God has, has built this church. And I'm not talking just about Spring Street Baptist Church, although He has. But God, but Jesus told Peter, upon this rock, I will bid my church and hell shall not prevail against it. We know we can, we've got confidence and faith in the things of God. So in confusing times, let's not waver from that. In confusing times, let's, let's dig deeper and find God even more. I believe this. All throughout the Bible, God did amazing things in difficult times. You think about the, uh, the children of Israel when they were getting ready to cross the Red Sea. You think about when He fed them with manna and quail for 40 years. You think about how He did things for Job with all the, the trials that Job went through. You think about the Apostle Paul, what He did for the Apostle Paul. All throughout the Bible, God did great things in difficult times. It's no different in May of, of, of 2020. There's no difference in that. God's not changed. God can still do amazing things in the midst of this difficult time. So for Christians, let's, let's put our faith and trust completely and totally in God and say, Lord, I can't do it, but I know you can. And I know who my faith is rooted and grounded in. I'll say this, if you're not saved today, listen, you are, you are walking through this confusing time with nobody to help you. You're going through this time of life and, and you, are, you are like a... a termite in a yo-yo but it doesn't have to be that way you find jesus christ as your savior you believe that he died on the cross for your sins he rose on the third day you make him lord of your life and listen you'll not only have a home in, in heaven for all of eternity but you can have calm in the midst of confusing times how do i know that because my family is in the middle of it right now confusing times not knowing what's going to happen not knowing what's going to happen with the ministry that God has called us into, but knowing that God has called us. We just want to be faithful to Him. I want you to be found faithful. There's a lot of times I've been confused in my life. And a lot of times that God has come in the midst of my confusion. Street Baptist Church, we love you guys more than you will ever know. Thank you for being a blessing to us. Thank you for loving our family. I just want you to have calm in the confusion. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for this time, Lord, that we we surely do love these folks. And Lord, my prayer is this, that I know times are difficult. I know it can be scary and and fearful just as, as, as Brother Nick preached. Lord, I know times can be confusing, but God, help us as Christians to realize where where our eyes should be and to realize where our faith should be. Help us to trust in you more. God, help us to love you. And Lord, if there's somebody watching through Facebook that's never known you as Savior, never trusted you as Jesus, trusted Jesus Christ to be their Savior, God, I pray that they do that. I pray that they would contact Brother Nick. Lord, and if they don't know how to be saved, I pray that they'd contact Spring Street, and Lord, that he would be able to show them. God, what a wonderful gift you have given us in Jesus Christ. Lord, it's, it's worth more than gold. Lord, it's better than anything. And Lord, I want other people to know Jesus as their Savior. In your Son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Nick. You come.
Thank y'all again for being here with us this evening. Thank y'all for uh, joining us again on Facebook, and uh, thankful for the uh, technology the Lord's allowed us. And uh, just praying for each of you. Looking forward to being back here with our church family. And uh, we will take just one more moment. We'll close in prayer. Father, we do thank you for your goodness. We uh, thank you for the friends that we have in the Butcher family. Pray that you would continue to bless them. Lord, that you would bless their ministry, even yes. even in the midst of the confusion, not knowing what tomorrow holds. Yes. I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to meet their every need. Father, that you would be with our church. Yes. And we look so uh, forward to being able to come together again. And, Lord, uh, when that day does come, I just pray that we would come with a renewed vision, a renewed desire. Lord, that we might be able to come with hearts full of compassion to, to show to a lost world that they might come to know Christ to be their Savior. Yes, Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, that he would give his perfect life to die on that cross, that we might be forgiven our every yes, sin. Lord. Father, for that we truly are eternally thankful. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. We love you guys.